0: Experience Season
1: Two. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season Two. Join the conversation with Matt, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through
2: family.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I am your co-host Matt Gonzalez,
2: and I am rather co-host Desiree Gonzalez.
0: Welcome to today's episode as we have two of our great friends. Craig and Shannon Ferris in the studio. What's up, y'all? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're so excited to have you guys on this episode as we are bringing the listener into a conversation we've been having about faith and family. Come on.
2: I'm super excited to have you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, when did we originally meet you guys? It was a couple years ago. I believe we met you, Craig, first when you came to our church in Stockton, and yes. you came with Dave when he was speaking, Dave Crone and um, <laughs> it was just, it was so cool meeting you, and then once we moved here, yeah. I mean, we were just getting to know you, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you dropped bombs on us left and right. <laughs> I, I mean, if you guys don't know Craig and Shannon, you're going to get to know them. Craig is absolutely a prophet, and he has given us some of the most strategic Powerful words that have helped us tremendously in this season. And more than that, you guys have become some of our closest friends and we just love you guys so much. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to have an awesome conversation.
0: And he came, it was actually the night where we had the encounter about transitioning here to Vacaville. So I think it's his fault.
3: (laughs) (laughs) i knew it all along
2: i knew it
3: i may or may not have said something
2: (laughs) (laughs) chances are you did
0: so guys tell the listener a little bit about who you guys are and what you guys do
3: sure uh what do we do uh that's a good question but who we are is uh i'm craig so if you're if you're concerned about which telling us apart, I'm the one with the deeper voice. <laughs> uh, we've been married for about twenty, almost twenty five years. Come wow, on. come on, y'all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's been a long time. Yeah, she
3: she really means that. That's for real. But I think probably most people just know us just well. Twelve kids. That sums it up.
0: Oh, okay. That, hold on. That just... Say that again to the listener.
3: How many kids? We have twelve children. So. They are all ours. Yeah. Um, we were married for three months when we got pregnant with our first one, and they just kind of show up <laughs> like every so often since. So yeah, that's how most people know us.
0: So Shannon, how many yep. times have you punched Craig in the arm saying, this is your fault? Right? <laughs> Too
1: many to count. <laughs>
0: it gets cold here in backfield. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> That's so awesome, and
2: we've gotten a chance to get to know all of your children, yes. and they're amazing, and one of them just happens to be our personal assistant, and she is a gem. We yes. love her so much. Personal
0: assistant and partner in our ministry, Kingdom Culture Ministries, and she is amazing. name's Bethany Ferris, and she is, y'all, rocks. is an emerging voice, and it's such an honor to be able to have her, not just a part of just kind of what we're doing here in, in so many different areas, but you know, she's not just a, a administrator and PA she's actually a emerging voice. And so we're so excited to be able to have that. And you guys have done such an amazing job. And that's why we want to have this conversation because I mean, 12 kids, 12 different personalities, yeah, 12 unique giftings, 12 unique individuals. How do you guys do that? Like that's, that's amazing. Well, when
3: I had a job, I used to just say we do it because I go to work, um, and that was my part. Uh, I would leave, and Shannon would take care of the rest. Uh, but I mean, Bethany's actually a really good example of kind of how how we parent is. Mm-hmm. If you if you were to know Shannon and I as individuals, you'd go, "Oh, Bethany's like that here and that there," and then when you watch Bethany, she's a perfect blend. Mm-hmm. of who we are mm-hmm. while while learning to be who she's created to be and functioning with the two sides of who we are in a way that is powerful as as being herself
0: wow wow what what are some keys guys as you guys have 12 kids 12 unique individuals what are some keys that you can pass on to the listener who is a parent and has you know more than one kid or even just one kid one child i mean i mean that even right there Uh, can be a challenge, how to begin to develop their unique election calling and identity? Like, what are some keys, practical things that you guys have done over the years to kind of bring that individuality out without them losing it in the midst of brothers and sisters?
1: Well, one of the kind of advantages that I've had with homeschooling is having that time with them all Mm -hmm. day long. And so being able to do that, you you definitely see their differences, learning styles, but just personalities as well. Uh, And with that, just being able to help them understand that differences are okay. (laughs) It's good. You know, (laughs) Um, uh, everybody refers to us obviously as the Pharisees. Our kids don't always love that being lumped together, (laughs) but being able to understand that it's okay to be different and it's okay to do things differently than your brothers and sisters and being able to foster that in a way that is healthy, you know, saying that, you know, this person does this this way, but that's okay because that's the way God created you to be. So being able to explore that with them as how God created them, you know, in that way has been really fun and just has opened up a door for them to be able to explore their gifts and their callings and to see those differences and how they work together with each other as well with, as with us. Wow. That's amazing.
2: You know, as a mom, my my thought goes automatically to, oh, my gosh, you are a superhero. Like, how do you do it? Because now that your your child, your older children are adults and you begin to see really how you raise them and what they're turning out to be, and every single one of your children, from our point of view, they're loving, they're respectable, they're responsible, like all these yeah. qualities that you really want to instill in your children. And I'm like, okay, we need to know, <laughs> all us moms... How do you instill that practically (laughs) because you're doing something right?
1: It is true that now that our kids are older and adults, you know, we can kind of see that we did do a few things right, hopefully. (laughs) Um, But yeah, whenever they were younger, um, one of the biggest things that, that we did that we kind of weren't real intentional about to begin with was just telling them that, you know, Your brothers and sisters are going to be with you for the rest of your life. Friends will come and go, but family is family. And so by doing that, they have just naturally just always been so close.
2: That's awesome. And
1: that's been a huge help, obviously, now that we have 12, um, because they have just done that with all of the siblings below them. And it has just created this really, really close-knit family. So as we've been able to identify individual gifts and stuff within each child, they've done that with the siblings below them. Wow. So
0: basically you guys at a young age has instilled a – you started with creating some habits that create a habitation and culture, pretty much is what I'm hearing you say. You yeah. started when they were younger, kind of instilling within them uh, the concept of family uh-huh. and that family is the most important connection. I, I love that. I, I love that. What would you say to the listener who maybe uh, kids are a little older right now and maybe they didn't have the opportunity to instill that uh, at their core foundation? Ultimately, we know God is the God of redemption and there's always new beginnings. What would you say to that listener?
1: Yeah, well, it's never too late. <laughs> you know, never. So, I mean, obviously, it's a lot easier when you start when they're younger, but it still is never too late. You still just have to put in the time mm-hmm. and the effort to build that connection on a really deep level and then to go from there with them understanding how important family is. But you have to model that first mm-hmm. by showing how important
2: your family Come is. On. That's so good. And it really, I what I hear you saying is you really, you created a culture of honor, even if you maybe didn't realize wow. you were doing it yeah. at the time. But that's really what I'm hearing you say and honor um not just the family unit but siblings and that's in our day and age and culture that's actually kind of rare which is yeah you know unfortunate and i <laughs> one of our twins even said this earlier she was like you know they're fighting about something you know how siblings do occasionally <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she said something about her sister not she said she didn't like me or you know something like that and i was like listen you guys are going to be connected for life. Yes. Not only your sisters, but your twins. So better get over it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I was kind of making light of it. But it's so true. Like, I think that um, part of our culture, our Western culture, it's almost like, having a close relationship with siblings almost is an option now. It's like, well, yeah. if you feel like yeah. you want to be close with your sibling, you know, that's cool. But if you just don't connect or you just don't want to, it's not really a priority, it seems like, in the family unit. And I feel like that's so important to have the, those close bonds. I mean, with your siblings, it's it's different than than a friend. It's different than a mom or dad. And so that's amazing. I absolutely see that with all your children.
0: I think what the listeners really want to know right now, I don't know if you're ready to answer this, <laughs> but we're in the home quarantine. Y'all got more. I mean, let's see. So we got, what, 15 people in your house? Is that, did I get the numbers right? 14. Okay. 14, <laughs> 14 people. Counting on that. I'm prophesying. Why is everybody level? always no. trying to
3: add more to what we
0: got? I <laughs> think what they really want to know is how the heck are y'all finding toilet paper? Uh, I mean that that that's like
3: oh I'm telling you, contrary to what all those memes were, that was us buying the extra. We were, we were not hoarding. We actually, we actually needed that needed much it. toilet paper.
0: Oh my word. Hey, y'all need I'm seriously, I would totally watch a reality show with your family. Like I, I would be on board. I would subscribe to that. I mean, just because I feel like I would learn. Like literally, because yeah. you guys are such a Amazing family. You guys are actually really, We both of our families, we attend the Mission Church here in Vacaville. And your whole family has been a staple at the mission. Like like anything that ever happens at the mission, the Pharisees are involved and they are the foundation. And to just to see you guys' is, whole family just do with such joy. And such excellence. I mean, we, me mm-hmm. and Dez are always blown away. We, we, we've we, learned, and this is really one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode, because not even just for the listeners, I think just for us, selfishly want to know, what's your guys' secret? <laughs> <laughs> because you all do it so well.
3: Well, one of, one of the things that we, we have done with our family is recognize that local church is family.
2: Ooh. Come on. Oh, my um, word. Say that. I'm about and to right so, around the room.
3: <laughs> so when people really... When they talk about us being a staple or we know it's a building. And and when we go to 6391 Leisure Town Road, that's our home. Um, we don't look at it as, as just church for Sunday morning. Uh, we pick up trash in the parking lot just like it's our house. Come on. Um, if there's stuff on the floor, we do that. If there's chairs out of place, we fix those because it's, it's our house. So the people that are there are family. Um, so that makes it really easy to have a family of our size and be engaged in whether it's prayer night or a conference or Wednesday night service, it, it's okay because they're our family. Wow. So there's no separation for that.
0: Wow. You know, one of the things I love that you guys are doing, I keep hearing you guys say, you know, we really live in a Western culture that one of the highest values is originality. It's the ability to stand out. Now you have a family, 12 kids each unique, uh, you know, and we live in a society that values um, originality, standing out. And, you know, I remember a couple weeks, it's been a couple, maybe more, of a, not a couple weeks, maybe about a month, we had an opportunity to go up to uh, Bethel Ready, My brother's a revival pastor and we were speaking there and I was about to get up to speak and the Lord just reminded me to tell the students there that you're not an original. Like We have to break that mindset because if we were original, now and hear what I'm saying, but this is what I'm hearing you say. If we're an original, then we've been given permission to, to disconnect from people. But even at our conception and creation, we were created in someone's image. That means we're not an original. But the difference is, and I think this is where the disconnect is, is that we want people to understand their authentic self, but not be original. And we see the enhancement with social media, you know, reality shows, uh, the individual, the original. But in our conception, we're not original, but we've been given the opportunity to be authentic. And that's what I that's what I see with your family. Like you guys have them one of the most authentic families. What you see is what you get. I see it. I've seen it in a in just a relational aspect uh, from your daughter being here from you guys doing stuff at church. You guys always present your authentic self, which is so refreshing. And that's what I've heard you guys say is that you've been teaching your kids how to be authentic, not an original, so that in their authenticity, they don't disconnect from their brothers and sisters. They understand their unique ability, but yet they're receiving that. That's that's amazing.
3: If you look at it the way I grew up, I have a brother and two sisters. And we were the Ferris family. Uh-huh. Uh, and everybody knew us as like the Ferris Four or you know whatever it was. And my brother and sisters fought really hard to be their own self mm. and to actually break out from being just a Ferris. Mm. What Shannon helped me understand when we started having kids was that there's a blessing to being a Ferris child. Uh, they're supposed to carry that, but with an individual mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> even at a young age, Shannon, even before even before it came out, she was trying to determine the love language of our children. Yeah. Before they had written that book. She's going, yeah. well what is their love language? Um when we were doing school with them, she's going, how do they learn? And she was speaking their language so that she identified who they were even as a child. And so there's a mark on each of my kids and they are a group of Ferris children and they will have the legacy of a Ferris, but they'll have the individuality that God placed in them while they were still in Shannon's womb so that they become who they were created to be. And that's the difference between trying to be an original and being authentic is understanding, hey, I, I was purposed to be a Ferris. But now I have a function as myself. Mm -hmm. And so they get to work in both of those. And and Shannon really helped me understand that, that it wasn't just that you'll always be a Ferris. Mm -hmm. It's that Tamara Ferris, she has all the blessings of being a Ferris. Come on. But all the unique attributes of being Tamara. And so that moves through each and every one of our kids is that they get the blessing of being a Ferris and that legacy and they get to carry that. But they carry that how they're designed to carry it, not the way I intend for them to. <laughs> and so that that's even something that parents have to be aware of is sometimes when we have a child, we start to put on them. Mm-hmm. Like even the way when we identify gifts or skill sets, we start to formulate a system for where they should end up. But that's not, if we don't get a kingdom design and a picture of where they're supposed to be, we actually steer them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And so we, a lot of times what we do is we steer them by
0: who we are as a family and not who they are as an individual. You know, I want to ask this question to you, Shannon, because uh, I see this um, in our society, even see it in church culture, sadly enough, but there's such a guilt and shame that are put on moms. And I see a lot of mothers who carry a guilt and shame, whether they have one child or 12 kids. Mm -hmm of just this onslaught of the enemy that is enhanced. You know, the Bible says that, you know, the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And then sometimes in church cultures, they, they enhance that accusation on moms. And there is a guilt and shame that moms carry They have to fight through about being a good mom. And the things that they're doing right, they're not doing right. I can only imagine having 12 kids, how maybe those are some of the the, maybe battles that you've had to take on And, um, how did you, what, what are some advice you can give moms and, uh, have you, first of all, have you faced that and what are some just practical advice you can say to help moms overcome that?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have faced that as well. I think that's pretty much a universal thing. You know, as moms, we, we feel like we have to be superheroes Mm -hmm. and we feel like we have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look at our own moms and we go, well, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. Or I do want to do this. And I do want to do that. And, you know, nobody's perfect. And yeah. And as a young mom, I totally wanted to be perfect, you know, just like everybody else. And. I feel like God just really, you know, got a hold of me and said, "You know what? You're not gonna be your idea of perfect, Ooh. but you're gonna be your child's idea
2: of perfect." Wow, that's fire! Wow, you know, oh. that's so good. And I, I mm. definitely have have gone through that as well. And I think, you know, one thing that the Lord, thankfully, I, I kind of clued in <laughs> at some point and. Come on. In this whole perfectionist thing—I went through that same thing—and and the Lord really just broke that off and that mindset off me. And he he told me one day, "Is it better for them to think you're perfect, or is it better for you to model repentance?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I think it's better for me to model <laughs> repentance because the truth is, we're never going to be perfect." And yeah. and you just said that. And as as a mom, you know, breaking out of that. And if I do fail, and I will. Mm-hmm. um, My responsibility as a mom is to not just do it better next time, but it's to model repentance. And if I did something wrong and if I hurt my child, that I take ownership and responsibility because how else are they going to learn to do the same, not just as a child, but in, in their lives, in their individual lives. So I, you know, I think that's been a huge thing. And then, you know, there's been times where they'll just come up to me out of the blue and and say things like you're the best mom ever, or you know you're the yes. if I could dream up a mom, you would be the perfect mom and I'm like, what where did you get this from? and I'm like, how I see myself in this moment is not how they're interpreting it and just like breaking off all wow. that shame and expectation that we put on ourselves they're not putting it on us, and we put it on ourselves, so I
0: think that's so good and that just was highlighted I think uh, you said this in the last episode, babe is how You've gone on the offense of being intentional of inviting the kids to speak words of encouragement over you. So that you your value was is, is is also connected to how they see you, but you've so valued the prophetic voice in them that you've given them that invitation. I think you guys were driving, you were sharing a story about how you guys were driving, you just needed some encouragement. Right. I think that's I think we as parents can do that to know that the voice like like Kids don't have Holy Spirit Junior. They have mm-hmm. the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So they hear the voice of God. And many times they hear it more clearly than we do because they don't have to work through all the the junk. There's an innocence about them.
2: Um, yeah. And I, you know, obviously I'm not referring to putting a um, expectation on our children that's unhealthy or not age appropriate. Yeah. I'm not saying not a codependent kind of situation yeah. where I'm looking to my child to affirm who I am. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is we need to value their voice, their individual authentic voice because it is powerful and you know sometimes i think we we so as a parent we are in the role of we need to speak into our children and we absolutely do and and speak identity over them but we don't realize how powerful it is for your child to speak back identity over Mm -hmm. us as the parent and it and it it's amazing it's powerful
0: and think about this it's biblical isn't that what praise is that Mm. God is asking us to begin to tell him how we see him, that he's entrusting the creation to speak the identity and praise of our creator. Wow. So there's biblical precedence in that. And I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting rocked right here. Like the presence of God. So good. So Craig, I want to ask you a question. Ultimately, you know, uh, with moms, they deal with that guilt and shame. And also, I would say with fathers, what happens many times in our society is that, you know, our kids at a young age or every age, they look for some sort of emotional support from fathers. And, you know, in our society today, the value is you're a macho man. You don't show your emotions. You know, you, you be tough. Hey, boy, get up and be tough. And we neglect some of the emotional uh, comfort and strength that our kids need. How did you do that with 12 kids, 12 unique kids, emotional support? I just remember even doing it wrong when I was, you know, some of our kids growing up and I grew up and I have three brothers, four of us together. I know my mom growing up, she always wanted to have daughters and she got four sons. Now she has all these granddaughters. But so it was an adjustment for me when our first three kids were girls and, you know, they would fall littlest thing and again, they want emotional support and I had to learn how to engage that. So as a father, what would you say to the men out there that maybe grew up similar to me, maybe similar to you? We both grew up in the hood. You know, uh, toughness was value because if you showed weakness in the hood, you know, that your survival, you know, that, that cost you. And then, you know, coming from the hood where, you know, you had to survive and you couldn't show weakness. And then after that, now coming into a place where you are... Father, and you have to show some weakness as far as helping your kids be emotionally strong. How is it adjustment? What would you tell to the father who is in that position?
3: Uh, you better have married a really good wife.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: good <laughs> word. Um you know, that that is to this day still always an adjustment. Um and what you have to do is it really is based on how you see your heavenly father. Wow. If I'm not connected there, I don't have the right emotional intelligence to deal with my children. Um, And so, I mean, right now my first four were girls. Um, And I, because of my macho world that I grew up, with, I always figured I'd only have sons. I never even entertained the thought of having a daughter. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was not an option. Um, even, Even when Shannon was pregnant, uh, we didn't even entertain a a girl's name until like the very end. Wow. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, but the moment she was born, something changed within me. Mm. Uh, there was an awakening of everything that I deadened inside. Wow. Um, every emotion that I had learned to control and kill and turn into rage, uh, came alive when she was born. Wow. Uh, And it was only with two things was Holy Spirit training me and my wife being patient with me wow. uh, and her continuing to remind me, no, you don't just blanket train kids. They are an individual. Wow. And so mm-hmm. by her continually reminding me the love language, what how they actually learn they're you know, this one's tactile or this one can learn by um, audible or visual or and her just reminding me of that all the time when we got to our fifth child which is logan um he actually is emotional Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. not he's not the warrior child i would have given birth to like that that doesn't even make sense (laughs) um but it 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 actually shows me the pieces of me that i killed when i was a kid Wow. Um, and so he he again even though it's a challenge in moments what you do is you can still raise a warrior but you have to understand where their strengths are as a warrior. That's so good. Um and so raising an um, an emotional male is about understanding the power of emotions and how to direct and guide them in in the areas of their strengths. So yeah, I I I love it. Um and I mean I'm 45 now and I'm still being challenged. Our Come youngest on. now is one, Maverick. Um, and so I'm having to learn the areas where, when he falls down, there's, there's areas where you go, yeah, brush it off and get up. Mm-hmm. And then there's other areas where no, his, his emotions are hurt. So we're going to cuddle. Wow. And so you just got to learn how to do that. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. I had a question for you, Shannon, and it's something that me and Des had a conversation with and about, because, you know, growing up in most church cultures, and I would even say in, in, in the world too. Uh, you know, in, in the marketplace, many times the concept of a mother has a connotation that you can only stay home and you really can't step into the powerful person you are, that your, your job as a mom is just to mother of the kids and, and you really can't have a career, can't have an election, can't have a call. What are some, how, how are you, uh, how are you doing with that? And what are some practical things that maybe you could share with the listener? I would even like to get your intake on this Des, too, because I think this is something I'm seeing as a male. I'm I'm realizing this. And I know some of us have been at fault as, as males of putting that pressure, whether we inherited it as growing up in, in our family culture and some of the pressures even in society that that, you know, you guys, I, I know you said it earlier, you know, there's a pressure to have to be a superhero at the same time. I think we look to you guys as superheroes is I feel like you guys can do so much. You can mom and yet be a powerful person. And that's not a, you know, a a put down. And I think it's just a value thing that we see as, as, as husbands and men. But at the same time, I know men have put a lot of pressure on women to, also, just be a mom. You just stay home, woman. And we won't say any names. There was a controversy not too long ago from a minister <laughs> saying that women just need to stay home. And and I know Dez was like, uh-uh, you want to come talk to me about that? <laughs> but talk, speak a little bit into that, Shannon.
1: Yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced that. Um, it's, it's obviously been a challenge with multiple kids. Um, and I'm kind of starting to just break out of that a little bit now. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is it does go hand in hand with the shame thing Mm -hmm. and with the feeling like you need to be a superhero because I feel like as moms, we don't ask for help because we feel like we're supposed to know how to just do it all. Wow. Come on. And realistically you can't do it all. So in order to be able to do things outside of the home and take care of the kids and all of that, you need help, whether that's from your husband, whether that's from outside the home, whatever it is, you have to be willing to say, OK, I'm going to go do this. So somebody else is going to actually have to watch my children. I can't do both. And so for me, that's been a really big deal is being being able to say, OK, I can trust someone else to actually watch my children
2: and it's going to be OK while I go do this. Wow. Oh my gosh, I just want to like drop the mic right now. I mean, I'm like, yes, yes. I so resonate with that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we definitely need to come back to is the whole, it takes a village, right? It takes a village to raise a child. And I think that we've lost the community aspect of raising children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like you said, like as parents, as a mom, especially, I think that not coming out, out from under that thought process and that that lie really that we have to have it all together. We have to have the The Pinterest ready meal on the table by five o'clock. We have to, you know, have our our house sparkling clean and disinfected every single day. We have to have, you know, all these things that we just like put this to do list in our mind that this is what it takes to be this quote unquote like good mom. And you know, you see the social media posts and all of that, and it just enhances that. Like, oh, they got it all together, but you don't know what the background looked like. You know, on the other side of the picture, <laughs> so- you. You don't even know, like their house is a mess too. Don't worry. You know? And so I think that, wow. that just coming out from under that, that burden that we put on ourselves, you know, I remember, and I think I've shared this on a prior episode, but I remember when I was pregnant with our first, I honestly went through a grieving process and I felt so guilty and I felt so much shame because I'm like, why am I not more excited? Like, of course I was so excited to have a baby and like what a joy that was. But my, my individual self was going through this, this grieving process because I felt, I felt unknowingly, I was believing a lie that Now, every dream I have, every, you know, desire I have, it's literally being sacrificed at at the stake right now because now I'm a mom. And, you know, that is not to diminish the fact that my role as a mother and a wife is you know, my utmost important role on on planet Earth. But at the same time, I feel like we we put on ourselves that we have to sacrifice one for the other. And I didn't realize, you know, how much it was affecting me until honestly, we actually came up to to Vacaville. And um, Dana was speaking to our school one day, and I was pregnant with our first child. And he had a word for me. And he just um, basically called out the fact that hey you don't have to sacrifice your dreams that you you can do both god's given you permission you can still fulfill your dreams and be an amazing mom and all this stuff and i was like wow like this burden just lifted off of me no. at that in that moment and i was like wow i didn't even realize i was believing that and that i was per- putting this this compartmental you know, on myself, like, okay, I can be this over here for this amount of time. And then they have to be a certain age before I can start dreaming again. Like, how stupid does that sound? But I was believing that unknowingly. And so just, I mean, obviously it's been a process of walking this out. And, and there are times where you do sacrifice as, as a parent. And, and that's, we should, that our, our children and our family is, you know, does come before any any ministry or role, and we we instill that. But you know, I think that, like you, Shannon, I'm just now. I feel like um, you know our oldest assistant. So I'm just now cluing in. <laughs> what does this all look like? You know, what does it look like to really pursue things that that I have desires to do and dreams that are on my heart, but still doing that and inviting our family in and doing it together. I feel like it is a journey and we're still discovering what that looks like, but it becomes way more fun and not a burden or an expectation. um, When you, when you break all that, that off and you see it
0: that way. And I think our, you know, let's just be real. Our, our society structure is broken and it, there is a, really disvalue. I was just thinking about some practical things that I'm seeing with men and women, like uh, in the marketplace, even in the church, you know, um, the family community structure needs to be, uh, you know, valued and both for a man and a woman, because many times if there is an opportunity for a man and a woman, a husband and wife to do something together, and they have kids. Once again, mm-hmm. what happens is, well, the mom needs to babysit them, so maybe you guys shouldn't do it together. And if it's opposite, and a man has opportunities watching the kids, there'll be some financial things. like, Hey, we'll help you get a buy. Uh, you know, g- help you uh, get a babysitter. We'll pay for that. But then it's not so much value on the opposite side, and we see this. I see this balance. I'm starting to see it more. I wish I was more uh, seeing to that, but. I'm understanding that now. So there is a uh, injustice in that scale of you know uh, still a man's world. It's not a you know co equal, co reigning together world. That I feel like we we need to have these discussions. You know this is great as a discussion for a podcast, but we need to have it on, on, on a local level, both in the marketplace and specifically in the church, because we need powerful. Couples together. And we also need powerful women voices uh, apart from their, their husbands. But we don't have the structure to enhance that. We really don't. I mean, I'm seeing it. And so I'd like to hear some of your guys' thoughts on that.
3: I would say even just thinking about overall, we continue not to look at a mom as a powerful position. We continue to think that that's just what they're supposed to do. No one looks at me and goes, you're supposed to be a dad. Not ever. Wow. Um, no one ever puts that pressure on me. Uh, and if if I decide to play softball one night a week or basketball or, you know, my job has overtime, nobody ever questions that. Um, they never question the fact that how do you, you know, shouldn't you as a father be home with your kids? Uh, but every every time I turn around, if, if Shannon, there's a class or something, there's always that question. Should I be? going away from the kids. Um, And we've created a society that does not give any value to what it is to be a mom. Uh, And we basically take all responsibility from being a father. Um, And so we really, even especially as the church, continuing not to promote women as powerful voices and as a clarion call to who God is, um, that God saw them as people that co-reigned together. They were given co-dominion. There was no separation. It wasn't like, hey, Adam, go take care of all this. And uh, Eve, you, you know, take care of Cain and Abel. That wasn't how it was. It was everything was given to them together to take care of. Wow. Um, so I think we need to begin to shift how we see how kingdom has created family um and we need to be reigning together and the church has to take some responsibility we've continued to we still are having the same argument should a woman be in charge so if if you don't mind me getting real honest just shut up you morons and let's (laughs) let's start recognizing that scripture was full of women that were in charge and that jesus continued not to empower women but to recognize them And allow them and push them into places where they were the voice.
2: Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I feel like for a long time I had a chip on my shoulder. And it was like, I don't ever want to be promoted into a position or get favor because I'm a woman. Like, I see that being modeled. And that is not healthy. And there's this, you know, it's kind of rooted in feminism. And like, I am woman. Therefore, you know, hear me roar. And you need to listen to me. That. Really rubs me wrong for obvious reasons. But at the same time, I also don't want to have to prove myself. Like, I need to go afar and beyond and above to prove that I am powerful wow. in a man's eyes because I'm a woman. Like, wow. e- they're equally wrong. Am I right? Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. What about you, Shannon? Any thoughts? and any Any practical thoughts of how... Maybe we could begin to change that because i it's just it's we're both all agreeing that we're seeing this, you know, and, yeah. and it's just uh, and it's sad.
1: It is. And I think Craig said it really well. I think the idea of what a mom's role is and what a dad's role is are are pretty much incorrect, I think, because as a mom's role, it's like your job is to take care of the kids 24 seven. If you have to go somewhere, it's your job to find a babysitter. It's they are all you. But then we say, you know, that we have a fatherless society. We're creating that same fatherless society by doing that. Even wow. when dads are in the home, we're not treating them with the the honor and the respect that they should have as parents. You know, so we're great. as parents are supposed to be co-parenting. And a lot of times we're not. The mom is just parenting and the dad is just there.
0: Ooh. <laughs> That's so good. Who conviction just came into the room? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, man. You guys, this has been so, so good. You know, one of the things I so value about you guys is the way that you have trained up your child in the way to go. And we just, uh, we thank you guys for being a model, not just for us, mm-hmm. but for the Mission Church and so many other people that I know that are are watching you guys you know, I just want to give the listener right now an opportunity. Uh, we are actually launching a new workshop on Saturday, April 25th, called Raising Superheroes. Uh, how we as parents can activate our children in the prophetic. So if that's something you so desire, if you want to get some tools and training on how we can raise superheroes. doesn't matter what age your kids are. They all are uniquely created by God to recognize his voice mm-hmm. and how you can recognize and train if your child is a C or a feeler. Maybe they're at nowhere in their will. We're going to be given all these practical activation, and we're doing it as a family. So if that's something you would like to be a part of, we'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, I'm excited about that, babe. I'm super excited. So please join us. We're going to have a lot of fun. So la- any last words you'd like to leave the listener, Craig and, f- and Shannon? Uh,
3: just remember that family is far more powerful than you realize. Um, and when you wake up in the morning with a wife, there's nothing greater.
0: Wow. Come on. What about you, Shannon?
1: Yeah, just like, you know, we've always told our kids that family is going to be there forever. And I think we just have to realize that about husbands and wives and, and about parents and children. We're, we're in this together. So we may mess up, but we'll figure it out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know what I love about Craig and Shannon is that they're actually uh, been, you know, putting some things together and they are available if you are a church leader and uh, want to have them come out and do something on parenting, family, or even on the prophetic, it's so amazing. Uh, some of the things you guys are doing. You guys have some resources, Craig. Will you talk about a couple of the resources you guys have? You you are a consultant, you're an minister. Can you talk about those resources and how people can get a hold of you? Yeah, uh,
3: you can get me on the website, which is Craig D. As in dog, Craig D. Ferris. Uh, dot com, and uh, we have. I, I did a couple of trainings. One is on legacy. Um, And basically what I do is I just talk about um, legacies established by a person's identity married to their life message. Uh, And then the other one we did was uh, God's dream and trying to help people understand that his dream was always relationship Mm -hmm. and the different ways he's worked since uh, the garden and how to establish that relationship. Wow. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So those are several resources and you also do some consulting too?
3: We do. We do consulting. Um, it's been interesting. Consulting now uh, is just a big word where people are looking for coaching. They're looking for <laughs> mentoring. They're yeah. looking for for even just prophetic help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some yep. insight. So yeah. So what we do really with that is just help people where they're stuck.
0: Awesome. And how can so the listener get a hold of you with that?
3: Just go to the website. There's stuff on there. You can find me. Um, our Facebook page is the same, Craig D. Ferris. So follow us. And uh, we we do some free stuff in the morning on Facebook. So if you ever need me, find me there.
0: Awesome. And I know even Shannon, you speak. I know it's interesting that this weekend right now, as we're recording, is supposed to be the women's conference at the Mission Church. Yeah. Which uh, we have two of the speakers in the building right now and so uh on the podcast. But I know one of the things you do, you do uh you are a activated voice and uh love to speak. Is there any way people can get a hold of you? Uh, just through the website. Okay. Same way. Yep. Awesome, awesome. 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 <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on this episode. Today. We got to do a follow up. So episode. much fun guys. Yeah. Thank you. There was so much fun. We have to do a follow up episode. Absolutely. Hey guys, remember family is where life begins. Destiny is found. Identity is enhanced and love never ends. If this podcast is a richer life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this with a family member or friend? It helps us to extend our reach. Check out the show notes to see how you can connect with Craig and Shannon Ferris. And thank you for listening to this show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed.